right? You know, and it might even get more specific. Help me love my next door neighbor. Help me love that person that I'm working with that every time I see that person walk in the room, my, 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 I physically just go, ugh. You guys, yeah, boy, I tell you. I get it. I understand. So I want to f- finish a little bit what I started last week. Um, life together is life at its best. Life together is life at its best. You and I do better together. We, we, we're, we, we're not meant to be independent of one another. We're called to walk together. Is that going to work? Because I don't like holding this. <laughs> what happened to it? So we, we're called to do life together. And somehow, in some way, when we think about doing life together, you know, we think Sunday morning or midweek service. Am I going? I just want to go on record that life is not fair. <laughs> but we, we as, as followers of Christ are brought into a large, a large community, much larger than what we have in this room. It's a community of many others that are, are worshiping this morning, not only in this city or in this state, but in this, in, in this nation, but globally. We, are, we identify and we're part of that the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, as Jesus would say. And we are a part of that. That is why it's so important to us that we lift up another community in prayer every Sunday because we identify with the fact that we know that we're not the only thing in town. And, you know, um, we have a tendency, and Paul talked about this in Corinthians, we have a tendency to identify our differences versus what we agree on. We have a tendency to do that in the body of Christ. And I just want to go on record and say, let's stop doing that. Let's just stop doing that. Let's start talking about, you love Jesus, I love Jesus, let's love Jesus together, right? Okay? And I understand that maybe our form of worship, maybe our excitement might be a little, you know, challenging to others, and that's okay because they can go right down the street and find somebody that's just that same way. And they can identify with that, and they can grow with that, and they can be a part of that. That is the community. That is okay. I want to release you to say that's okay. Say that. That's okay. okay. All right. So the person who loves their dream of community will destroy community. This is a powerful statement. But the person who loves those around them will create community. Isn't that hot? That is a hot word. The person is by uh, Diedrich. Bonhoeffer, and those of you might know he's a pastor in World War II. I suggest you read a book if you want to know his history. Uh, but there's a lot of quotes like that from him. Uh, he wrote a book called Life Together, and he was he 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 was he made a very solid statement here. 
Community is loving the person next to you. Community is, is expressing the love of God to others. Loving God, loving people. That's community. You create community in the midst of the power of the love that we, you and I express towards one another. In, in um, Colossians 1.9 says this, We ask God to give you complete knowledge of His will and to give you spiritual wisdom and understanding. This is a, a called an apostolic prayer of Paul. We ask God, you church there in Colossians, we ask God, you church there today, right now in Taylorsville, 4100 South Redwood Road, we're asking God that he would give you complete knowledge of his will, of his purposes. We're asking, this, this, is, this has no bearing of, of time, because Jesus said about his word that not one jot or tittle, not one stroke of it will be forgotten. It will stand through all through eternity. This is for us today. Then, the way you live will always honor and please the Lord, and your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. Isn't that what we want? We want to be... I can't speak for you. But I can guarantee you, any follower of Christ wants to be the best follower of Christ that we possibly can, right? A good, let me give you a good prayer. You can, you can put this on your mirror, write it in your book, put it on your fridge, wherever, you know, wherever you see it. God, help me be the best me you created me to be. God, help me to be the best me that you created me to be. Right? Help me. Jesus answers prayers like that. He also answers this. It was my favorite prayer. Help. It's my favorite prayer. All the while, you will grow as you learn to know God better and better. You will grow. Christians, followers of Christ, disciples of Christ, learners of Christ, you just begin when you give your life to Jesus. Then you learn the rest of your life. Your, every day is a learning opportunity of the grace of God, that very thing that we, we sang about this morning. Every day, He makes us brave. Every day, He says, you can. In those moments when you face the greatest fears of your life and you're going, this is the time that I'm going to just fall apart. And Jesus says, don't worry about it. I'm right there with you. I'm in this with you. When fear tries to creep in and grab all of your emotions. Have you ever had that happen? When, when you felt fear from head to toe? Head to toe. I mean, you can't step out of it, right? It just, it just consumes you. Every thought is filled with fear. Every, every beat of your heart is consumed with fear. Matter of fact, we, let's just deal with that right now. The Lord says, I have overcome fear. It says, greater is he that is in you than is in the world. He says, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but I've given you a sound mind. 
See, where fear really creeps in is between the ears. And then you start entertaining it. You start stroking it. And it starts stroking you. And then it starts moving down into your emotions. And then you actually feel it. You feel fear. And then all of a sudden, everything around you supports it. Because the adversary, the evil one, uses fear to destroy and conquer. Fear is the greatest tool that the enemy has in our world today. You, if you stand back, you see it everywhere. You see fear everywhere. Do you realize there's people that, that are afraid to go out their front door? There's people just like that. Fear comes and just grabs a hold of us. And if you're dealing with that, I, I want you to be brave. We sang the words. I want you to be brave. If you're dealing with fear right now, just stand up. Fear of from, the, from a doctor saying something, fear of job plays, fear of not being able to change, just plain fear. Okay, everybody stand up. I want people around, every one of these people, to come up and put your hands. Just put your hands on them. Just lay your hands on them. I don't want anybody in this room that does not have a community of us without their hands on them. God bless you, by the way. Now, Jesus said that he'd come to set captive free. Fear brings us into captivity. In all kinds of ways. So in the name, okay, so in the name of Jesus, we break the power of fear right now in Jesus' name. We say you have no authority over these people. They're standing up saying, I understand that I'm dealing with this. And we say, be gone in the name of Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that the gift of your love would flood their hearts, their minds, and their being in Jesus' name. We say that the enemy must go because where there is light, there is no power. Darkness cannot stand it. Light blinds darkness in Jesus' name. And so in the name of Jesus, we bless you. We bless you with the person of Jesus Christ. We bless you with his freeing heart and his freeing presence and in the power of the Holy Spirit. We say, be gone now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now I'm going to give you a little bit of advice because you stood up. And God bless you. God bless you for doing that. God bless you. That, is, that was a brave act on your part, and Jesus is going to honor that. But because you've done that, the minute you walk out those doors, the enemy's going to say, we'll see about that, and you're going to have to say, get behind me. Okay? Repeat after me. Get behind me. All right. All right. Okay. Verse 11 of Colossians 1.11. We also pray that you will be strengthened with his glorious power as you have all the, that you'll have all the endurance and patience that you need, that you might be filled with joy, always thanking the Father. He has enabled you to share in the inheritance that belongs to his people. That's what we're talking about right now. There is an inheritance of the kingdom. There's an inheritance 
of who Jesus is. He says, those of you that come after me, those that you call upon my name will be saved. And it's not just a fact of salvation, but it's how we live life today. It is who we are. Greater is he that is in my life. That's what gives us the ability to come and sing those powerful songs that we sing because we know that we're called to live a different light, a life. And it's a life that's in the light that he has provided. And I love it. Light blinds darkness. Great image, right? Light blinds darkness. You can have that one. That's free. <laughs> For he's rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his son, who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. He's forgiven us. You are forgiven. Now, let me give you, can I give you some more advice? I've been doing this a long time. A lot of times, our biggest enemy is ourselves. I give you the right to forgive yourself. Yeah. I give you the right to forgive yourself. Jesus says that how many, his disciples came in, how many times should I be, I should forgive? And he says, that's 70 times 70. And what he's saying here, in the midst of God forgive me, whammo. It's gone. It's over with. And then the next thing we need to say, Lord, forgive me and help me not to do this again. Help me to overcome. What is it that's in me that keeps me, drawing me back into that? Self-awareness. Self-awareness. I won't put this on you, but what I do is I stop giving, I stop giving myself permission to sin. Think of that one. Just saying. This is why you need two hands. And he goes on. Who has purchased our freedom and forgave us our sins. Also, as he's writing to us, I want you to have that visual in your mind. He is writing to us. He is writing to me. He's writing to you. The man of God, Paul. You were dead because of your sins and because of your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all of your sins. He's canceled the record of charge against you or against us. And he took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and the authorities. He shamed them publicly by the victory over them on the cross. Folks, you and I should never, ever drift very far from the cross. Ever. We should never drift from there. It is essential to what we are. Jesus' death. He became sin so that we might become pure. So that we would be forgiven. You and I don't ever, you know, we, we just... I just want to live around it because it's so freeing.
and now. Just if you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord, you must continue to follow him. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth you were taught and you will overflow with thankfulness. We will overflow with gratitude. Gratitude really starts this way. And then to have this gratitude, to be this, this, this right connection this way, naturally flows this way. If this is right, if this is in the right place, everything else around me follows. This has to be right. Because if you try to get this right without this, it's religion. It is legalism. It is have to. You get this right, it becomes a privilege. It becomes passion. It becomes freeing. You don't have this, this is a lot of work with a lot of guilt. That was also free. Token said this, how do you move on? You move on when your heart finally understands that there is, nothing, nothing, there, is, there is no turning back. Hello? How do you move on? Nothing back there I want. There's nothing back there I want. The de- you know, the adversary is always trying to take us somewhere that, uh, the de- that Jesus died for. All right, so if you have your Bibles with you today, Turn to Colossians chapter 3. This is, I, I would say, is the hallmark of how you and I live the community that Jesus is asking of us. Paul, the man of God, says this. Verse 1, chapter 3. Since you've been raised a new life with Christ... Set your sights on the realities of heaven, where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Think about the things of heaven, not the things on earth. For you've died to this life, and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Verse 4, And then Christ, who is your life, is revealed to the whole world. You will share in all of his glory. When Christ, we we get all, Jesus gives us all, all to us. He gave it all for us so that you and I might have it all here. We have nothing to fear. We have nothing to fear. We have a life to live. Christ has really shown us how to love. True love starts this way, right? Right? True love starts right here. You want, to, you want to know how to love others? Figure out how God loves you. And then go back this way. Many of us are still trying to figure this out. And some of your roadblock is, if I can be honest, some of our roadblocks is you don't love yourself. When you don't love yourself, you're saying to yourself, how can God love me? If I don't love myself. And this is, this is what happens. This is what the devil does. 
He takes you to all the bad things you've done. He takes you to all your mistakes. He takes you to all your failures. And he just pours and heaps guilt upon you and says, how can God love you? You don't even like yourself. Get out! Because it doesn't, Jesus is not saying you got to get yourself right before you get me. Right? Listen, this is, you need to get this. Jesus takes you here and now, right now, the way you are. As imperfect as we are. Right now. There's nothing you can do, nothing you can do to make him love you more. That's enough to write home with right there. Anyways. Let me, let me, before I even go on much further, you know that everybody around us, everybody you knew, know is looking for a community that really represents Christ, seriously represents Christ, a community that really believes his words and does their best to live them out. A community that isn't say, yeah, you can come and join us if you believe blah, 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 a certain way. Or if you live life a certain way. Or, you know, if you clean up your act first. No. A community that says, you come join us because we, we know how God works. You, you come along, walk with us because we believe God for you. We know that if you submit to God, if you turn your life to God, he will work from the inside out. And you will become a modern day walking miracle. Because that's who Christ is. That is how he works. Yeah, come on. I'm getting a believer. He goes on and says in verse 5, So put to death sinful earthly things lurking within you. Doesn't that, that, I love that word lurking or even lurking around you. You know, it just lurks. Just lurks there. Waiting for you to recognize it. I'm lurking. Can you recognize it? Will you give me a little bit of attention? I'm lurking here. Just a little bit of attention so I can consume you. But I'm lurking. Oh, man, that would so preach. Anyways, I'm lurking. Because of these sins, the anger of God is coming. You used to do these things when your life was still part of the world. But now, the time to get rid of anger, rage, malice, behavior, slander, dirty language. Don't lie to each other, for you've stripped off the old sinful nature and all the wicked deeds. Put on your new nature and be renewed as you learn to know your Creator and become like Him. In this new life, it doesn't matter if you're a Jew or a Gentile. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what language you speak. It doesn't matter how you dress. This, thing, this is all-encompassing. It doesn't matter what matters is. It doesn't matter if you're circumcised and uncircumcised. So he's actually talking to the Jewish community and the Gentile community at the same time. And what he's saying here doesn't matter. doesn't matter what you've done in the past. Christ accepts you right now the way you are. Since God chose you 
verse 12. God chose you to be a holy people he loves. You must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentle and gentleness, and patience. Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive one another who offends you. Do I have to? Now, you, come on, let's be, let's be real frank. It is so easy to get offended, isn't it? Right? I mean, some of you got offended on the way over here today. That's way close to home, I know. <laughs> you did. Or last night. Or you, we, we, it's easily. We get offense. We get offended easy. We get offense by our political understanding. We, we're offended that people don't believe things the way we believe. We get offended real easy. Jesus said, don't take offense, but love. Let me give you some advice. Try to love people right in front of you, right where they're at. Don't try to change them. Let Christ change them. The best thing you and I have to offer anybody is Jesus. Period. Period. That's it. And some of you are going, well, it gives you the right to even talk about it. I wasn't raised in a religious home. I wasn't raised in a moral home. I wasn't. I didn't grow up in Sunday school. I grew up on the streets. I know the language. I know the look. I know the walk. I know what happens. And then one day Jesus nailed me. I said, 180 degree turn, one prayer away. One prayer away. One prayer away. Acts says, what we talked about last week, those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved shall be saved. And he goes on. This is so huge. Above all, let's have the worship team come forward. Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you're called to live in peace and always be thankful. Let the message, verse 16, let the message of Christ in all of its rich, richness fill your life. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom he gives. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God without, with thankful hearts. And whatever you do or say, do it as a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Now, that's the counsel of the man of God as he writes down and he writes the church, as he writes us. This is his counsel as he writes you and I. This is how we are to live. And I believe that we can live this way. I believe it's something very unique in the heart of God for every community of believer to represent the light that blinds darkness. That blinds darkness. To represent the light that blinds darkness. And we say yes to Jesus. We say yes to Jesus. We say yes to you, Jesus. Come.
have your way. Come and speak to us. So I ask the Holy Spirit in the name of Jesus that he take these words, the words of scriptures, and he illuminates our lives with them. That he captures us, captures us with the presence of his love in a way that is undeniable. As, as Paul wrote here, the man of God, clothe yourself with tender mercy. Clothe yourself. Let's sing a song.